Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 66 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. We have a real treat for you today. I have got Kayvon K on the show. Kayvon, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, SD, I've been listening to your podcast for, for quite some time now, and I love what you're doing with your podcast. I love that you're taking entrepreneurs who have, who have made it, you talk about their story, but the twist you put in there is you also talk about the struggle they're currently having. And for me, there's not many people talking real, the authentic way of, you know, what real business is, whether it's a, it's a fortune 500 company, which we know have many struggles currently. Right. And, or a future startup business that, that might've gotten to that pinnacle of their, of, of what they wanted to call success. But it's still, we all every single day go through struggles and I just love listening and hearing all about that. I am so glad. Thank you so much. So guys, you can already tell that Kayvon is a master of sales, which he is um, a master of sales and closing and an expert keynote speaker, creator of the One Call Closer methodology is a titan in the industry, okay? From being Canada's number one pharmaceutical sales representative to creating a multi-million dollar coaching program. Don't you want to know how to do that? Kayvon has a vast range of skills centered within the art of sales. His ambition, drive, and confidence has led to his domination in the industry and his world-renowned abilities. And as a man of perseverance, determination, and drive, Kayvon continues to challenge the status quo and overcome adversity, turning tribulations into pure motivation. I like that blurb. <laughs> well, you know, my... Um... My story is, is you know, I, I always underplay it. I always get in trouble when I always say the typical underdog story, but it, it is. It was the underdog story. And I, and I think entrepreneurs, especially people, uh, uh, you know, pave maker, pave wave makers and, and people, the visionaries, they, they are the underdogs, right? Because they're the ones that, that stood out, right? The, the square and around peg. Totally, because um, we're not, we're, none of us are built for that, classic standard Western school system. No. So I, I agree with you. I think most successful entrepreneurs struggled in school because of the exact same reasons they're, they're successful later in life. And the same reasons they would struggle in a working environment, right? Yes. The school <laughs> environment is the same working environment, which we might as well just talk about that because I think it's always, it's a great part of the story is that when I graduated, finally got through, like, so growing up, I was written off by the age of grade one. Oh, wow. Had, they, yes, no lie. They, they, uh, they labeled me with ADD, ADHD, LD, every DHD letter in the book there is. <laughs> you know, learning disability in reading, writing, math, and communication. Let me, let me, wow. They said, you have a learning disability in reading, writing, math, and communication. So, so they're like, let's just institutionalize you because, like, you're done for life. Well, yeah. I was like, well, what's left? Phys ed? Like, what? <laughs> I don't got a learning disability in phys ed? And, uh, and, and so it was a struggle, you know, like, you know, moving forward, it was, it was just always struggles so when I finally, finally got through college and university. And I mean, there were, it was not easy. I'll just tell you that much. It was not easy. Um, I was all excited, ready to go to the work, like the workforce and, 
And, and I went out and I got my first sales job because I always wanted to be in you know, business kind of sales. And it was at a, actually, believe it or not, it was at a marketing agency. Um, and I started on Monday. On Wednesday, I gave my papers. <laughs> Friday was my last day there. <laughs> I could not, I could not believe it. Like it was like, I, and it's not to take away from anyone listening. I, it's just the way that my brain operates, the way that I operate you put me into a room from 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., I am destructive. You don't want me there. Uh, and, and for me, it was the opposite. I mean, I was done everything at like 1 o'clock. And I'm like, hey, can I go home? Can I beat the traffic? Like, can I go play on my dirt bike? Like, why am I sick? <laughs> and the fact they made me have to waste my time sitting there at 5 was just, I, I can never do that. And that was, I, that was the first and last time I will ever and have ever worked in an office. I hear that. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. Then what, how did you end up in sales? Did you go straight from there into sales? Like what was I, that? I love that. No, I started in sales at an early, early age. My uncle grew up, my uncle actually owned a, um, a local furniture store, high-end furniture. So he would take me on Saturdays on the weekends. I would go and sit with him and watch him. Literally, I just watch him sell and I watch him communicate and, he, because he was the owner of the store, my eyes, he was like my hero. He looked like the, he looked like a rock star. Everyone would always come in and, and ask for him. And he was always doing deals. And I kind of was always kind of around that. And I loved that. Um, so then as I, as I was going through school and everything, and I was getting that first job where most people are working at like the Tim Hortons. Yes, I'm in Canada, right? So the Tim yeah. Hortons or AKA the Starbucks, okay? <laughs> uh, Canadian right? Starbucks. Or the McDonald's, right? I, I was like, that's not, again, that's not what I was. I, I went and worked at Aldo. <laughs> Aldo cool. Shoes, right? Okay. And, uh, and that's kind of where my career started. And then I got, uh, and then I moved my career into, I was heavily involved in the skiing snowboard industry, hard mm -hmm. goods industry. So I, I worked in a retail shop. Then I got into repping. I was repping for some of the largest uh, ski brands in the, in the world. And then I just kind of stayed in that. Um, the kind of sales kind of role. And I worked with real estate agents. I worked with mortgage brokers. And then my finally, my final corporate career, I call it was in my, uh, is in my thirties, early thirties when I was the number one pharmaceutical sales rep in the world. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Can you tell us sure, a little more I said about in the world? <laughs> sorry. I, I got it. Sorry. I said in the world in Canada. In Canada. Okay. Canada is still a pretty big yeah. place. That's still really impressive. Yeah. Um, what, you working for a specific pharmaceutical company? Like I was, yeah, I was working with the largest generic company globally. Okay. That's why I said the world because it was the, the, the globally. Got it. And, uh, and I was there. I was there for five years. And by time, so here's what I always say to you know, in 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 a position like uh, like pharmaceuticals or medical devices or anything that that that's a full new industry. I always tell people for you to think that you're going to be number one in the first year is like it's not to say good luck. It's it's not realistic because it takes a while, especially in these kind of industries, to build the relationships. Relationships are not built overnight. To understand the terminology, like I've never went to, like the last science class I took was in grade nine. <laughs> I failed grade 10 science twice. They just gave it to me so I'd get out of high school, right? So people think, oh, you must have known science. I didn't know anything. I, I still to this day don't know what I was selling, but what I knew <laughs> yeah. what I was really selling was I was selling relationships. Because I know people do business with people they like, period. And as a salesperson, as a closer, as a business owner, 
even as an employee in a working environment, it's your job to create a, an environment of safety and trust if you want to excel in your career, if you want to excel in your business, right? So I, 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 I got that at a very young age. At a very young age, I realized that people do business with people they like, and if they like you, they will trust you. They like, they know, they trust you, right? Marcus, they'll like, they'll like, like no trust factor, totally. Right? Yeah. So, so for me, I say to people, in, in, if you want to be, if you want to be the, you know, if you want to be in the top in year one, that was my goal. By year two, I wanted to be the best in the company, in the, in the company. And by year three, I wanted to be the best in the country. Well, by year one and a half, I was best in the country. Wow. So and, what, what did you do different than anybody yes. else? Like I get that everyone says, you know, relationships, like no trust factor, but you seem to obviously have cracked that code. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you so, do? It was very simple. I, I love, I, it was very, very simple what I did. I knew that every rep was going into the same, you know, right, in the same pharmacy in this case, having the same conversation, asking, selling, all of that, just, just pounding, hounding, hounding, hounding. And I knew that I was competing with, so I was coming into a market of what I call like a legacy market where there's only, there was like 10, 10, 15 reps and they all been their dinosaurs. They were dinosaurs, right? You, you were and the youngest, you I were was the new the, guy on the block. I was the new guy on the block and let me tell you, they hated me. They hated <laughs> me so much, my own reps, and I hope you're listening because I know you did this. My own reps would meet our competitor reps and try to figure out how to get me out, take me oh, out. Oh, wow. Because that, that is it, intense. It is, because I'll tell you why. In that industry, and I know it is, I don't want to expose it too much. When they're dinosaurs, they don't even need to leave the house. They just pick up some phones. They don't work. They don't work. They're like retired, right? Because they just rely on the relationships. And I knew that. So, and I knew that if I came in heavy and strong, it would be, a, it would be hard. Yeah, and I would know that the pharmacy owners, the ones that I'm selling to, wouldn't take to that, especially coming from Ontario. So New York, we were talking about, right? That's hustle bustle. That's a whole different energy. When I came to BC, I had to play their game. So I knew that, right? It, it's about having self-awareness. It's about being able to understand your environment, knowing, having empathy. So what I did, because I don't want to stay here too long. What I did was very simple. For the first year, I outworked everybody. I actually would ask the farmers, how long, you know, when was the last time you saw your rep? When was the last time you saw this rep? Just out of curiosity. When do they usually come? They, and well, they come every six to eight weeks. Okay, I went every three. Oh, wow, okay. Right? So I outworked everybody. But not only that, oh, I can deep dive into this because it was just smart. I had, I had over 20, 225 accounts. That, that is service. so many. That's a lot of accounts, right? 225 accounts. But most people don't know the 80-20 rule. Right. They don't teach that in school. Nope. But I was reading my books. I understood the 80-20 rule. So I literally put up all my customers onto an Excel sheet, put all their sales up, all their market share up, and their opportunity to buy more up. And I narrowed it down to the top 50. And what I did then was take my yearly budget which was 15 million at that time. And I would break 15 million into the top 50. Meaning if anyone outside my top 50 purchased for me, that was my bonus, baby. I just need it. And all I did was service the top 50 like they were my family. 
Nice. And all I did for the first year was go in and say, I don't want your business. I just want to learn more about you. Aww. And then when I got the numbers, <laughs> when I got my numbers for year two, guess what I did? I didn't go to, the, to my number one and say, I want you to buy everything. I was smart. I said, listen, I just got my yearly budget. As you know, it's my job. And, and I think, you know, we've been together for a year and I think you want me to succeed. We want to build this relationship. Do you agree? And I want you to succeed. So here's what I need to do. Instead of me trying to buy everything from you, that's not fair. I want you to be able to have other reps and competitors in case we go on back order. You shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. Would you agree? Do you think any business owner, any salespeople talk like that? No, they don't. They're like, my, 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 my. I said, so I said, all I need you to do is buy X amount of dollars. Well, I knew what X amount of dollars equated for my top 50. So if all my top 50 did was buy those X dollars per score, I made my numbers. Well, guess what? I went and spoke to everybody in year two. I went and spoke to everybody on the first two months, uh, January, February. By, by, by March, April, I had already made my numbers and I was working one day a week. Nice. I figured it out. But did out. you mean it? Like, was it genuine or was it disingenuous? No, it was, it was, it, I, it, I definitely meant it because, because again, it's relationships and it's long-term. And I knew that. And at that time I thought maybe I was going to be there for life. So I wanted to, it was a game plan too, right? Because if I asked right. for it all in the first year, where do I go year two, year three, year four? I can't go. I got, I got to go now open up new accounts. I don't want to open up new accounts. Right. These 50 will keep you floating at one day a week work at the top of the line. And being, getting all my max bonuses and everything out. Right. So I wanted to make sure, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't growing too fast. And I wanted to create that. Like my, here, yes, it was disgenuous. You know, when I met my customer, when I said I was working one day a week, that means I was driving around to their stores one day a week. You know what I was doing every other day a week? <laughs> I was traveling with them. I was playing golf with them. I was, I was, I was meeting them for dinners and lunches and everything. I like, there was one account I have till this day. I haven't been in it over now five years. I still meet the pharmacist uh, once a month just to talk. That's awesome. Because you never know. I like that. You never know. You never know. You never want to burn bridges. And I see so many reps, they, they just leave the industry and they just, they cut all their ties. And then I see some reps have to come back with their, their tail between their legs. I never mm. want to do that. Now, I love that. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, especially you, you obviously have like this very strong personality, this emotional sales personality, this relationship building. And uh, I know that there's such a bad rap for people like that. Yeah. Um, and and I, what I want our listeners to hear and realize is that you can have genuine emotional sales too. Like you can be this emotional salesperson who really cares about your people. And that is playing the long game. Well, yeah. So here's the thing. You want to be good. It's all about your commission. You want to be great. It's all about the mission. When we leave. Ooh, that is such so, a good line. Right? So it's not about, I always tell people, listen, it's not about your commission. It's all about the mission. Right? It, it's, it's not about having to get it right. It's about getting started. Okay? Wow. And, and the reality with this is this. Is, and, and any great, I'll tell you this. You know this, Esky, because I know you lead like this. Uh, any great business owner knows when you lead with the bottom line as your primary force, you will have struggles. The business will never work. When you lead with service, the monies will come. Totally. But if your focus on trying to make the monies and try to make the revenues to make the income, 
you'll never be able to live in that world of creativity. Creativity comes a world of abundance. Abundance gives us the freedom. Abundance gives us the harmony. And most importantly, when we live in that side of our world, we are in line with who we are. And thus, we, we project, right? Because what do we know about sales? Bottom line, number one, doesn't matter what anybody else tells you. This is the fact. This is the reality. Here it comes. Close your eyes, Mrs. Champ. Here it comes. Sales is a transference of feelings. Period. Ooh. And sales is a direct reflection of the person inside. So me. So if I'm not in harmony, if I'm coming out from a place of, I just want your money, that will resonate. That will come off that. I will project that consciously or subconsciously to my prospect. And I will go home wondering, why didn't I make the sale? Go home wondering, why couldn't I get that one extra little thing? Go home wondering, why couldn't I create a deeper relationship? I love that. That is super deep. And a hundred percent spot on, obviously. That's amazing. And I think so many people forget that and they do. They do exactly the opposite. They look at sales as the deals and the closing ah, and yeah. the money instead of the value, right? Business is an exchange of value for value. If you focus on the providing value, the money's a byproduct of what comes. The money is always a byproduct of the service that you give. 100%. I, said, I think it was Jim Rohn that might've said this uh, or Jim Collins actually. Your income is a direct proportion of the problems you solve. As a salesperson, you are a problem solver, not a problem creator. You, you need to see the future. You need to see problems before they become problems and be able to offer and give them the solution to the problem. See, a lot of salespeople are trained to create the problem create a problem that isn't there because if you create a problem, then there's an emotion involved and then you tie the emotion to the end result and boom, you got a sale. Sure. That's going to make you good, but I don't want to be good. I don't want to be average. I didn't get up today and say, you know what? I'm going to have an average day. And I'm going to get to my average car, go for my average lunch. And when I get there, park to my average parking spot. No, no, no. Average is for average. I don't want to be average. I, I don't live my life to be average. I live my life to be extraordinary. Why be, why be ordinary when you can be extraordinary, baby? Come on, right? So now you got me going. No, but you know what? I'm serious about that. So I don't like to just try to find a problem. I actually try to find a, a, a problem that doesn't even, that, that's going to happen, you know, future problem, a future agony that's going to happen. And I try to solve that for people because nice. that's how you win the game. But if they're not feeling it now, do you sell it to them by explaining the prediction? It all depends, right? I mean, each problem is different and it all depends. But yeah, I would sell, I would say, okay, let's, what's going to happen in the next two to three months from now? If you continue going down this road, if you continue okay, offering yeah, this, exactly. what, what, what's, what's going to happen? Yeah, we do that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you could keep doing this. Like we do a lot of marketing, right? So you can keep throwing spaghetti at the wall. Some yeah. of it will stick, some of it won't. And at some point, your feast or famine cycle will eat you alive. You'll go look for a job. Yeah, <laughs> like well, that's all happened. You said that line one or too many times. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think yeah. I said it just now the first time. 
Yeah. yeah. Exactly like that. Like different pieces. Okay. This is so fun. Um, one second, but I want to jump because you did the pharmaceutical thing. But yeah, I, yeah, we now now talk different. I want to yeah. understand this one call closing system, this multi-million dollar coaching <laughs> empire. Like, what's going on over here? Yeah. So I want to. I want this. Is this is the most important thing for anybody listening? Um, if, 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 if someone's in, hasn't made that leap yet to entrepreneurship, or they might've made that leap in there and they're struggling. After I left the pharmaceutical world, I, I just, I thought I, I knew I needed something more. I knew working one day a week was fine, but I wasn't living my dream. I wasn't living my greatness. And I definitely, most definitely, now I look back, wasn't in harmony with who I really am. I was just doing it because it was, you know, it was ego money, pharmaceutical. Ooh, I'm so cool. I jumped into the internet marketing world, the online space, because uh, I just saw, I saw it, like I just saw it and everything, you know, every, and I got caught up in the marketers, those damn marketers, right? Learn how to make money overnight, learn how to do this, learn that and do that. And I got caught up. I thought I had a competitive advantage because I was like, I got some money backed up behind me, right? I, I had a, I had over $200,000 behind me to, to invest in this. Wow. In one year, I was $150,000 in debt. Oh my gosh. I was, I was literally a day away from being bankrupt. I went from making 300 grand a year to losing $150,000 net worth, negative $150,000. What did you just pour it all into Facebook ads? Like what, I, where'd you no, pour it? I poured it into being okay. So I bought my first $8,000 course. I'll learn how to take, you know, your, your business online. I poured it into a, a Facebook guy. I poured in all these people promised me in the world, not giving it. To I poured in the fake gurus. I poured in the fake programs. I paid them. In, I, I, I invested just, I was just investing blindly. I was trying to buy my way out of a problem instead of sit there long enough to find a solution. And I was now when you operate, this is what I was talking about. When you're in financial debt, you become, you can become, you get into urgency. <laughs> you become desperate. And when you operate out of desperation, when you're operating with urgency, that's the vibe, right? We're a direct reflection of what's going on on the outside, and we got to change what's going on, on the inside. Well, I could just kept making the inside worse. Right. And then you and were attracting the same losers as you I thought. was attracting the same losers. <laughs> I was doing the same thing. And boom, I'm $150,000 in debt. Until, wow. I met, until, I, until I met a mentor at that time who saw what I was doing and said to me, Kayvon, you're not a marketer. You're not an influencer. Wait, what gives you the right? You're a sales guy. Go close high ticket offers. Instead of, instead of, work, instead of trying to be the influencer, go close for the influencer. And I, and, and, I, and I said, what? I didn't know. I was new. I didn't know that there was a world of high ticket offers. I didn't know that there's coaches, consultants charging 5, 10, 15, 20K for their packages. So for me, I loved it because you can imagine, like, I know what my strengths are now, but back then I, I knew it. I didn't want to identify it. So I said to myself, so I don't have to do social media. No, I, I don't have to do Facebook ads. No, I don't have to deal with click funnels. Copy. <laughs> no, I don't have to write an email ever again. No, the influencer does all that. Oh my God, sign me up. Now what people don't know, and I, and I, and I, and I want to make it very clear. The reason I went from $150,000 in debt to making $25,000 a month within the first month of learning this, it isn't because it was an overnight success. It was because I had two decades 
of sales experience. Right. I and you finally got, tapped into your strength, which is always the, the key. To operate from. I tapped in to my core genius. And when I tapped into my core genius, I exploded. I was alive. I was in harmony. I was in alignment. I was being my best version of myself. And it went to 25K a month, 50K a month, 100K a month. So then we looked, my business partner and I looked at this and said, we need to teach this. We need to teach this. Wait, wait, no, wait, back up, back up. Where'd the business partner come from? And how did you do, how did you make that money? Was that all commission based for the bigger influencers? Like what, what was it? Yeah, so, okay, well, I love it, I love it. See, I, 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 see, this is why I love Ashley Rand. I should have known. I should have known that I couldn't just roll over that. I apologize. <laughs> You're gonna catch break that. It down. How's everybody else yeah. gonna know how to do it if we don't break so, it? So, so I want you to, to just you could just do the math in your head, right? So imagine, imagine an influencer you're working with has a 10k product. Okay. And I take my 20 points. So 20 points, 20 percent. Yeah. That's 2k a call. In, in the commission industry, just for all the listeners, people say points, they mean percentage. Right? That's percentage. And, and in the high ticket world, they also like, you know, buck 20, 120k. Like yeah. they, they just take off, you know, all the zeros and yeah. do it like that. It's just the insider language. Yeah. So, so on a 10k product, I'm making 20 points, 20%, right? That's 2k a call. Right. That's, that's not to, a bad salary for 20 minutes or 45 or No, whatever. it's good. It's about 45 minutes. So you see, that's you smart. You're a smart girl. Right? It's not bad at all, right? So then you but you times that 2K, right? By and now, and by the way, I'm in Canada, so I'm making 2K USD. So that's an automatic 30% more right there. So that's $2,300. And now you times that by three or four people a day, five days a week, you're doing you're doing good money. Okay, so how'd you get in with these influencers? You just called them up, you're like, hey, I'm a really good closer. Want to give me a try? I like, love it. You know what? No, I, I just, I love it. You want to go down there? Okay, great. I asked, so I asked my mentor, where do I find these influence? He's like, they're all over. Go on Facebook pages, you know, like for coaches and consultants. So I went onto a Facebook page that literally this, we, we, we stopped my business. So I'm, 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 I'm literally, my burn rate was 25 to $30,000 a month in my business. Well, what were you trying to sell? I know. Oh my God. You want to know, like you want to hear. I do want to know. I want to okay. know why are you flushed all this money down? I, I love it. So, so when I first found myself, right. So, you know, when we make that decision to jump, we make that decision to finally leap. We make that decision to give us or give ourselves a permission to go and do something different at the risk of everyone's disapproval. I knew for the first time in my life that if I was ever going to achieve my greatness, ever achieve my goals, that I couldn't do it where I was. I literally had to, I, I stopped hanging out with all my friends. I love my friends. I said, I can't hang out with you. I called my mother who I love so very much. And I said, mom, I can't have you calling me for the next year. I will call you when it's time, when it's right. But I can't have you calling. Okay, Bye. honey. I'll see you next year. Yeah. Okay, honey. I love you. You want to know why? Why would you do that? Because every time my mom calls, she would say things like, I just love you the way you are. <laughs> I don't love the way I am right now. Why are you wanting me to be who I am when I'm trying to be someone great? Or she would say, like, I wish you would just be happy with the roof over your head. That, that stuff kills you as an entrepreneur. Like when you are in self-doubt, you're trying to go after your dreams, you're, you're unsure, you don't need your parents and your friends trying to hold you back. You need people who are going to propel you forward, not pin you down to your knees. So I knew that. I saw that. I was very clear 
that I had to do it my way. So because I had that, that transformation, I thought it's my, it's my dream. You know, everyone goes, you go to that first self-development, I'm going to change everybody's life. I made every mistake, every first development person makes. And I went out there and I try to be a life coach. I try to <laughs> inspire the world. Right. So it was like, you know, my, my first business was Kayvon university, inspire the world. Then it was, then it was discover your greatness. Right? I love this. <laughs> and wondering, wondering why I'm failing. Who in the world, what in the world gives me the right at that moment, right when I just made a change to help people make that change? How dare I? Now, I learned this from my mentor. So I'm, I'm very confident when I look back and I say, how dare I? I'm very confident with that. So then that wasn't working. Uh, duh. So I thought, okay, well, I'm an ADD guy. And I actually did do a lot of work in my ADD, like how to control it. I turned what was once my fortress is in now my fuel. I turned my Ooh. greatest weakness into my greatest strength, right? Okay. Which is my ADD, which is the truth. So I thought, okay, well, I know that ADD holds back a lot of people and a lot of entrepreneurs are ADD. Now in ADD, you have a lot of greatness because can, you can do a lot of great things. You have a lot of different creativity and you could take on more than most people can, but that's also a huge negative because you also have a lot of holes in the business. Yeah. You're always biting off more than you can chew, building the airplane so, while you're flying, get missing a wing or two. So you're going to love this one as a marketer, build out this beautiful funnel. Just this <laughs> beautiful, spend all the money building out a funnel, spend all the money on the copy, right? Boom. Do what did Kayvon do? Listen. Oh, can I, I'm going all over, but I got to say this. I got to say this. I have to say this. If you're thinking about being a coach or a business owner, if you're thinking about having a course, don't build it. Sell it first, then you build it. My mm -hmm. biggest mistake was I was spending so much time building it, right? So this is now the second core, second thing I've built to find out the market doesn't want it. <laughs> you're going to love this. You're going to love this tagline. Are, <laughs> are, it's so embarrassing when I think about it. Are you a struggling entrepreneur with ADD. Click here and learn how to. Well, <laughs> guess who I was speaking to? All the people who had no money. Struggling entrepreneurs, <laughs> they can't even afford the pot of pissing, let oh, alone people with no money. 5, 10K, right? I so love that, it. That's a failing business. So then I said, <laughs> it's time to get to my roots. It's time to get online. And I still believe this, but I now know this is a passion project. <laughs> so then I wanted, I said, okay, where is there a need in the marketplace and where is there nobody at? And I thought, okay, high school students. Because when I was in high school, it was hard. Everyone ripped me off. I didn't have goals. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have anyone tell me to read books. I didn't have anyone who, who knew that I had greatness, but wasn't helping me fuel it. They just kept taking it away. They were emptying my tank instead of filling it up. And I know till this day, there's a cave on in every classroom. Who's at being least one. Told, at least one who's being told that they're not good enough, being told that they're different and their dreams, their confidence, their conviction, their clarity is getting ripped from them. So my goal was like, I want to find every cave on in each classroom 
put them into a group, mentor them, and make them literally kick ass before they even graduate high school. Whether they want to go to college or not, that's up to them. But by the time they had graduated high school, they knew exactly where they wanted to go, how to operate. They knew how to sell themselves. They knew how to perform. They knew how to win. They knew how to work hard. They knew how to outsmart everybody. And they had all the tools that school was going to teach. So I called it Epic Life Academy. <laughs> Which I'm, I love it. I love it, right? And it was like awesome. epic looks, epic grades, epic smarts, epic whatever, right? And then we go to Mark's. We build it again. So this is the third one. Wow. And each one, just guys, for all of you listening, if you haven't, like we, we do play in the internet marketing space now also, and I happen to be ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson obsessed. He's what, I'm like an, um, a little bit of an intellectual snob. There are not that many people that I listen to. Russell and ClickFunnels is actually one of them. Um, yeah. But working backwards the way you said, meaning we sell it, then we build it. Like if you want it, I'll build it. If you don't want it, we'll build it. Um, so for those of you who, who aren't so into this space, um, just give them a the, little bit of the breakdown, right? You spend X on a funnel on the tech, you spend X on the imagery, you spend X on the copy, then you spend Y on the content, and then you spend Z on the deployment. Just give them, I want people to understand the numbers that go in when you do this wrong. Okay, so if you do, if you do a, a typical funnel, right, you need, you need someone A to build the funnel, which is going to cost you anywhere, depending on how good they are, anywhere literally between $1,000 to $10,000 a month depending, you know, for a funnel. For one okay. And guys, just so you understand that everyone understands like the language, funnel no. is just language for a sales website. It's a website, it's built on a specific yeah. platform called ClickFunnels, we'll put the link in, we love which it. Which is like in PS, which is three or four pages, cookie cutter pages. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty much cookie cutter pages. And it's just, it is, it's a certain type of website. So when we keep saying yeah. funnel, we mean a sales funnel website, it's a certain type of website. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Asky, that, absolutely. Okay, so that, that's number one. Number two is the most important, which is the most expensive, is copy. You mm -hmm. need a copywriter. For those that don't know what copy is, there's a difference between content copy, so I'm reading a blog, versus sales copy, which is I'm reading a sales page to, that's going to get me to buy. So mm -hmm. that, that is written in a very certain way, and people, copywriters, good copywriters, will charge anywhere between five dollars to $25,000 a page. Now, if you talk about a traditional copy uh, funnel, some of these funnels might have... So, these funnels meaning might have three or four different pages. Mm -hmm. So you do the math on there. Even if you get a copywriter at five thousand dollars, you get a you get a you get a you get a funnel builder at three thousand dollars. We're now at eight thousand mm -hmm. dollars, but we still haven't had the content. No, nope. we still haven't set up. We still haven't set up the systems in the back end, i.e., the email automations, the Zapier, which is is a connector to all the different products and services. Yeah. You have. I call Zapier the translator of the internet. The translator of the internet, right? We haven't even gone there. There. Oh, and now what? And we never, now, we didn't even put any money into our Facebook ads and our deployment. Well, I was just, I just going to say, well, wait, we still now need Facebook. Exactly. No one even knows this thing exists yet. We, we didn't even no, tell anybody no, yet. No. So you're 50k so, in the hole before you ever open your doors. And before you even know if someone wants to buy the product let alone the time, the money, the energy, the mental spirituality that goes into a product that you spent six, eight, maybe two years, whatever it is, like six, eight months building this thing with all your passion because you think you know what the market wants, but you never did the market research. You never I actually went out and people go, how do you do market research? You have a phone, you have Facebook, bingo, that's it. Go on your phone, go on. Hey guys, I'm thinking about building a course on X. And I'm exactly. thinking this is what should be in it. But I don't want to think what I think should be in it. I want to know exactly what you want in it and what you think you want to see in it. 
why don't you just put in the comments yes and I'm gonna reach out personally to you get on the phone with you and kind of see how I can solve your problem Mm -hmm. I like Instagram stories for this, right? Instagram stories. Oh, the question mark. We just built our last product was actually built from Instagram stories. I went out on stories and I said, okay, guys, you want this, you want this, you want this. We built a five day marketing success challenge. We launched it. We said, we'll give 250 people free access. We had over 604 hours. Well, there you go. So it's um, still free. That's market recent. So we're going through it right now. We're going through another product I'm building right now. where we're going through my Facebook page. We're getting, we got over, we have over 250 submissions of people telling us what their number one challenge is. It's amazing. If I know what the number one challenge is for 250 people, do you think I know a, you're going to love this one, not what I can just build them, but do you think I know wow, how and what I need to market to them when it's time? 100%. Instead of guessing what their challenge is, they're telling us what their challenge is. And I love that you call it market research because I, I say this also so much to people. Like everyone thinks market research, you have to hire a company, you got to do the $10,000 survey. Guys, even if you don't have social media, call your friends and neighbors, go to a networking event and ask people, talk to people. That is market research. Market research is go talk to people. That's all it is. Yeah, it is. I know. It, it, it just see a lot of people just sitting there and go, it sounds so easy, but they're paralyzed by their fear. They're paralyzed by the judgment of others. They're paralyzed of the the fear of success or failure. And having this conversation allows you to grow just a little, just that much more. And if if, if you're sitting there and you're in that, and I say this because I remember being paralyzed as an entrepreneur. I've always, I was in judgment of myself. I was in judgment of others. I was so worried about doing something great because I was afraid of failing. So I never, I played small. I played small and guess what I got? Small? No, I got even worse. Nothing. Oh, nothing. <laughs> right? You know, great. My, I always said this. You want to go for a hundred. You want to go for nineties in school. You got to shoot for a hundred. You want to go for eighties. You got to shoot for nineties. You want to go become the number one in the country. In the number one in the company. You got to be number one in the country. Because when you fall short, because we do fall short of our goals, and that's okay. I rather fall short of a goal of going for a number one in the country and land and being number one in the company than trying to go for being number one in the company and being the tenth in the company. Right. I hear that. I See, like a that. lot of people, I know you've heard this and I just want to say it like a lot of people overestimate, right? It was Jim Collins again that said it. A lot of people overestimate what they do in one year and underestimate what they can do in five. I am a perfect example of that I thought I was going to become a millionaire in three months because I had <laughs> it figured out. And I was $150,000 in debt. So after all the struggles, as you can tell, just it was so the high, the high school thing didn't go, right? Because the high no. school didn't have any money either. Oh, bingo. Bingo. <laughs> high school. So, so the high schools didn't have money and they didn't want anything to it. And again, what really gave me the right? Like what gave me the right to do that minus my experience, but didn't have professional background in it, didn't have professional networks, didn't, you know, it was like, what gave me the right? And then number two, just so anybody knows, it's very, very hard to sell to people. If you can get into a business where you're only selling one decision maker, just do that. Because here I am selling either the student who wants it and the parents who are not, pay for it. are not paying it and or selling the parents who want it, but the students are saying, no way, Jose. No, I don't need this. This sounds stupid. The like hardest market. That's one of the reasons I think education market is so hard because it's usually the teachers want it, but the um, admin has to pay for it.
Yeah, so Keisha's wanting it. Ivan has to pay for it, and they're they're yeah. so old. And they won't. Exactly, they don't want it. So I always say, like, if you can make the educational product cheap enough that the teacher could pay for it, then you've got something to run with. But yeah, but your stuff's so expensive that the teachers have to beg for it, and the admin always shuts it down. It's, yeah. yeah, the same issue. Okay, so we're we're deep in the hole. Product number three's failed. We're 150k down and almost out for the count. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did a couple other things, but we don't have to talk about it. So I tried. <laughs> I put my effort in. All right. Definitely so, tried. And here, so, I, you know what? This is something important, though. That that I know you know, and I'm sure you talk about. People don't realize reward is not necessarily a direct result of your efforts. Oh, ha, wish it was. <laughs> you know, my nice God. I would be, if, if it was, I'd be a billionaire. No <laughs> lie. No lie. For the last five years, I've been working 12, 15 hour days, seven days a week. I don't wow. take vacation. Vacation is not for me right now. Vacation, I don't want to say it for the week, but vacation is for employees. Vacation is for, for, for people who've created $100 million companies and have the resources and the people in there to keep that company afloat and going. That's what we're working for. See, right now in my life, I met my, my so I met my girl, my significant other, in, in the middle of all of this. And I said to her, I said, every book tells you you should not go chasing after two rabbits. You never should be chasing a relationship and a business. But I also know in my heart, not many times in your life do you get to meet the people you, you, you know that there are the ones you love. So I said to her, I said, I said, if you want to be with me, we are going to have some hard times. I'm going to tell you right now, it is going to get ugly before it gets beautiful. I said, we're going to be working hard. We're going to have long days. We're not going to be on vacation. Baby girl, we're going to have to do what most people will never do in their lifetime so we can live a life that most people will never have. Are you willing to do that with me? She said, yeah. I said, are you willing to help me build my dream so one day we can fund yours. And she said, yes. And I said, okay, I will be the best man I could be for you. And believe me, I haven't been the best man I could be for it because a lot of stuff, right? There's struggles and stuff, but I try every day to be the best man I can be for her. And I, she knows that I want to be the best man I can be for her. I said, but if at any time you ask me to do this one thing, I will have to leave you. This one thing, the relationship will be over. She said, what is it? Never, ever ask me to give up on my dream. Because if you do, I can never be the best man for you. I will not be worthy enough for you because I will not be complete and I will not be my best version. I love that. I love how you sold her also. That's yes. awesome. <laughs> I love that too. I, I do. I had to because sell I don't know, Did you catch that? That was like a really nice sales technique. That was, <laughs> that was sales. That was sales. Oh, yeah. I had to sell my girl. I had my sell my significant other. But you know what? I love it. I had to sell her to love me, but I had to sell her to believe in herself and to believe in the bigger dream. And that's what was more important. So selling her to love me was the commission. Selling her that. to believe in the bigger dream, to believe what is possible. That was, sell. Yeah. That was the mission. Yeah. I like that. And that's where I was focused. I like that. Okay, so we didn't even get to, we're like almost running out of time here. We I are. still don't even know what you're actually doing today. So you found this partner. Is the I know. So it, there's the a lot. A there's a lot. There's a lot that happened, man. And I can tell you right now, love many, trust few, but always paddle your own canoe.
Love many. I'm obsessed with quotes. You just have like every Trust time you give another one that I want to frame. But always paddle your own canoe. And I unfortunately trusted too many people in my journey and I got burned from it. So my mentor, who's supposed to be the person that's guide you and lead you, came back to me and said, do you think we can teach this? I said, yes, let's do it. All right. We were business partners. Okay. I went out for a whole year. We built the business. We built it over to a $15 million company. We had over 5,000 students. We, I had over 100 closers under me. Everything. And my business partner basically, you know. Aww. Right? So people talk about the struggle. Well, that's where I'm at. I'm at the real build phase. So no, but I don't believe many people, and I love this because every time something doesn't work for me, every time it failed, I never, I did sit there and stew normally, stew and, you know, and get all those negative thoughts. But what got me out of those negative thoughts was this. I always said this, my story just got better. My totally. story just got better, which gives me the right to speak on stages, which gives me the right to get on podcasts, which gives me the right to speak my goals, my dreams, everything, my passions to the world because I'm a living, breathing being of this swing. I went from $150,000 in debt to a million plus dollars a year to being $250,000 in debt. All over. Oh my gosh. Wait, what's, what's the timeline of this? When less okay, so than less from the moment that I left that the moment I started on the online to now mm -hmm. it's only been three years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, like that's, I said, we worked hard. Ends ups and downs. Oh yeah. But I like yeah. that line. I actually, my mentor says something very similar. Um, he says there, there's two lines that fit really well. One is it's this or something better which is kind of exactly what you're saying, right? My story just got better. So whenever something goes wrong or something's not the way I want it, I, I try to say that line, right? It's this or something better. Like this thing that I thought was awesome, it's not great. So it was either that or something better. All good. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, and there's I, another I, really good line I'm going to give you um, and, and all our listeners, which is it's never done and you can't mess it up. You can't mess it up because it's never done. And it's uh, never well, done, you can't mess it up. I like that. It's never done, so you can never mess it up. I agree on that. That's... That's, that's deep, right? The it's words are deep, deep, but you got to really, that's a, that's a deep. Point. It takes time to own it. It takes time it, yeah, to own it. Yeah. So, so, we so are, what did the company do? The, the $15 million company, the one that's Yeah, so what we did years. was we were training, so we were training people how to become closers. So we were basically, okay. the company was based off of me, of my journey, how I went 150 get in debt, trying to be a struggling entrepreneur, an internet marketer, to just being able to pick up the phone, flap my gums and make money. So we built the whole business around it. We created a new opportunity. We created, got I, I got, I got to watch the words I'm using right now as, as I hope you respect that, you know, I can't expose too much of it. For sure. Right. So we created a new opportunity in a world of people can do sales over the phone for our influence with high ticket sales over the phone. We gotcha. showed so you were training them. You I was trained we yourself for them. So can yeah. you, can you pull back the curtain just a little bit on the process? Give us, you know, a little taste. Yeah. For well, the process, no problem. So the process of how I do high ticket offers. Yeah. On the phone? Uh-huh. No problem. So, so first and foremost, we don't do cold calling. We don't call out to people that don't want our product. In the world today, if you understand how the internet is used properly, you can have people book with you. Totally. So all inbound leads. All inbound leads. So we make sure, so influencers, they fill up my calendar. 
So my wake up and I, what I got to do today? I crack my knuckles. I go, okay, shake it off. And look, nine o'clock, I got a call. Nine o'clock, X person's calling. Now, the key to what I teach is when I call them, I'm a salesperson. But when they call me, I'm the expert. Your doctor doesn't call you. You call the doctor. I'm the doctor. So when they get on the phone, when they call me, I pick up the phone. Now, the one thing I teach people is never, ever act, sound, do like a typical salesperson. Ever. You gotta be a pattern interrupt. You gotta be an expert. You gotta be an authority. So I don't get up the phone and go, hey, how are you? Great day here in Vancouver, you know? It's it's Kayvon speaking. Oh, John, yes, yes, I, I see you on the calendar. How can I help you? It's a, okay. it's a pattern interrupt, right? And then once we get the once we once we we you know find out again, find out the needs, right? Why how'd you hear about us? Why are you on the call with us? What got you? What's going on in your life that made you want to book a call? Now, I love this because people are like, people always, oh, well, you know, I, things are just, you know, things are good. I just saw the ad and thought, well, I'll check it out. That's not true. Do you ever walk down the street, see your doctor's office and go, you know what? I'm just going to go and just book an appointment. Just, <laughs> just see what's just, happening just, in there. <laughs> yeah, don't. You don't. So you got to cut through all that BS. You got to cut through all that clap trap. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and then, and then what we do is once we find that we, we, we talk about the needs of where they are, the current situation, very much like marketing, you know, this, what's their current situation. So what's the before state? What's the after state? What's where do you want to get to? This, where this is wanna... exactly my calls. I love this. It's like, yeah. what's going on? Let's see how we can yeah. help you. Great. Where are you stuck? Where do you want to get to? See, for me, it's just, that's my exploration. Like, that's exactly what I want to know about people. Like, we're well, trying to- It's, it's not about sales. It's about, it's about finding the right information. Because if we don't have the information, if the doctor doesn't have the right information, how can he diagnose the problem? How can he write the prescription? Totally. 100%. So our job is to find the need, to find the problem, to find what's holding people back or what's not working. Our job is to figure out where they want to go. So I call it bridging the gap between where they are to what I call is the promised land. You remember, I loved it, remember? I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the promised land. <laughs> I want to know what your promised land is. I want to know when you're at your mountaintop. And then my job is to bridge that gap with our services, our products, our tools, our resources, our team, our people, our knowledge, our know-how, our certainty, our conviction, our confidence. And we're going to build this bridge for you to get there. We're going to enable you with the greatness that we have so you can get there. Because the last thing I want to do is bring you to the water and you don't know how to drink. My job is to teach you how to drink. Okay. Right? I like that. I always tell my consultant people, I said, my job is to get you to fire me as fast as possible. Because when you, when we get there, that means I've enabled you to do the job better than I have. And that's when we can change our relationship from you needing me to you wanting me. I love that. I always say I like to be dispensable, right? I don't need to be needed. And if you need me forever, I have done a bad job. I've done a bad job. You know that. It's the truth, right? Like, and that's, that's the truth. Because when you switch that dynamic of any relationship, they'll, that's again, you're coming from a place of service when they go from a need to want, want, need is urgent. Need is I don't have. Need is scarcity, meaning how much money do you think you're going to make in that kind of energy versus a want. I want you. I have an totally. abundance for you. I love you. And I'm willing to open up my paycheck for you, baby. 
I literally had a guy on the phone this past week who's like, I'm desperate and I really think you can help me. I'm like, I absolutely won't work with you if you're desperate. And he's like, excuse me? I was like, yeah. I won't, I won't do it. I no. said, I'm gonna give you homework. You're gonna do these three things. And if it can get you undesperate, then I'll take you. Sinking, I said, people that are sinking, right? Sinking ships, sinking ships are sinking ships. You never wanna save, never try to save someone. Just think about this. When you're a lifeguard and someone's sinking, do you put your hand out? No, you throw the buoy out. Because if you put your hand out, they're going to pull you in. Pull you sinking down. people will pull you in, right? So you got to stay away. Listen, I know I'm looking at the time right now. And I, and and I, I, say, I know, we, we didn't get to the current struggle. So where, where's the business at right now? So the current struggle right now, right, is I had to reform myself, right? So I was, I was at the top. I was at the pinnacle of my life. We had all these. I was running, you know, running a $10 million company. Uh, 10 plus million. We had all these, we had 5,000 students. I had a hundred closers. I had employees. I mean, we were, we were at the top and you know, I'm now at the bottom. And it's rebuilt. gone now. Like because it's of whatever happened with the partner, it's gone. It's gone. Bye -bye. Does he have it or does no one have it? Is no, it no, 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 no. He, he's running hard and strong with it. Oh, he has it. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that's great because I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for what he did to me, all the negative stuff. And I'm so grateful for what I learned. I'm so, so grateful for that experience because I rather learn that when we were dealing with $10 million and not a hundred million dollars. Right. I learned that at a younger age when I didn't have kids, we don't have kids yet, that I can take these beatings and I can take these experiences and I can take these learnings and not let them hold me down, not let them pin me down, but use them as my fuel to learn and grow, to know never to do that again. I lost myself in the most important part of love many, trust few. I love many, trust everybody, and had other people <laughs> paddle my canoe. I was relying on other people to paddle for me. And if you want this, and this is something I'm going to just, I, I, there's so much here, but I want to give you this, is when you rely on someone else, so again, your company to pay for you, or, or you marry into a, you know, a successful family, or, or you, you get a business partner and they're doing more of the work or it's more on them and you're just trying to hide underneath it, whatever that is, and you're, and you're, waiting for someone else to do it for you and you get there that's great but the problem is at any given day they can take it away from you but totally. when you do it which is going to be a lot harder a lot longer a lot stronger a lot meaner but when you finally do it and you get there which you will get there if you have the grit resilience perseverance persistence the motivation you will get there nobody takes it away from you nobody it's yours and oh, that's man. where i am right now i'm building and we're doing well right again we're we're rebuilding right we got a new community i got my new program i got i got i got influencers that love me i'm closing i got a team it's growing and 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 it's growing on my culture it's right. growing on the way i would like it to go i'm creating the environment i want to live in not trying to exist in someone else's environment. All right, I totally hear that. But you're a sales guy, which means I'm guessing your other partner was an operations guy because the best partnerships in the biggest companies are combinations of marketing sales guys yeah. and operational systems guys. The partner was a mass, I, I, I'll always give respect where respect deserves to go, no matter how bad it got. I'll always respect the mass marketer he is. Okay. The way he's doing it, totally different. <laughs> But, right. the, but the, the genius of the marketing was incredible. It, it, it's very, and I don't have that. My genius is sales. My right. genius 
is, is, is connections and relationships, right? A marketing is people confuse the same thing. Like marketing sales, they, they coincide together. They should, if you go in corporations, it's so backwards. You got the marketing department in one way over there and yeah. another sales department. No, they should all be in the same department. I just had this conversation this but, week, but just this week they but, silo it. It's awful. It's awful. But I will say this. If the marketing is done right, you don't need sales. Uh, you still need someone to close it. Depending on the price and depending on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On a, but, on a low ticket, you don't need anything. Yeah. yeah. On a low ticket, yeah. you don't need anything. Um, but on a high ticket, you still need sales. So I, when I teach it, I actually teach sales as a function of marketing. My sales yeah. guy and I have a longstanding argument where he says, you know, marketing works for sales. And I say sales works for marketing. And I say, and you work for me, so I win. Marketing works for sales? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I think with sales you. works for marketing, right? Sales, he works for me, so I'm totally, sales, totally right. Sales works for marketing because I'll tell you what makes me so great. In order to be effective, I need to be selective. Huh? In order to be effective, you need to be selective, meaning I am very selective of the people I bring on to close for because when they are good, they have all the things set up properly. When I speak to their prospect, they're already 80% sold. Totally. And when they're 80% sold, guess what? You don't have to be the best salesperson to close them. No, you just got to be, be there. Average. You need someone to talk to. Yeah. But when they're not 80% sold and they have no idea what's going on, then you need to be a really good closer to do what marketing should have done to get them to the end goal. So it's for me, it's all about client selection. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Like we are totally out of time. I feel like we could talk for hours more. Oh, we know? haven't even got into it, but maybe, you know what? Maybe we do a part two. Maybe Ooh, we can do a part two. I like that idea. I like that right? idea of part two. I would totally do that. Okay. So where can people find you? Yeah. Where can they find out more about what you're doing? Where can they learn more about these high ticket closing strategies? Absolutely. If you want to learn everything about high ticket sales, you want to learn more about my journey. You want to learn about motivation and, and how I kept into it and all of that and what this world is all about that I live in. I created a free Facebook group called Master the Art of High Ticket Sales. Master Pretty the self-explanatory. Yeah, Master the Art of High Ticket Sales. Please come join the Facebook group. Get to know me. Get to know the community. If you're looking to get to me directly, very easy, kayvon.com. That's K-A-Y-V-O-N.com. Amazing. All right, guys, and we'll put those links in the show notes at sdran.com slash 66. Um, so, Kayvon, you have thrown out so many good lines that I'm, I'm quote obsessed, um, but I like to end every episode with a quote. So you can pull on any of the ones you've already said, and there were so many good ones, or if there's anything that comes to mind that you want to leave people with as yeah. they go about their day. So, so the one I'm going to let you know is the reason why most people are stuck or most people, business owners, cut, their, the, cut the creativity from them is because they're living in a world of perfection. You see, perfection is always willing to be, always, always having to be right. I'm going to ask you to not live in a world of perfection. I'm going to ask you to live in a world of excellence. Because when you live in excellence, you're willing to be wrong. You see, perfection is fear and doubt. Excellence is taking a risk. Perfection is about is having restriction, that anger. It's all about frustration. But when we live in excellence, we are powerful. I love that. That's an amazing thing to go on our days with. And I love how you're this blend of motivation and information, right? Because motivation is kind of like 90%. Um, and the information is out there, but, but if you can believe you can do it. And guys, 
Kayvon, your story is amazing, you know, oh, from the ups it, and the downs and the ups and the downs. And, and now back on started. your way up. And it's just getting started. It's just started. I just, just started. I can. And it's all great. But you got to have that toughness in you. Listen, you got to understand if you're doing it for you, it's going to be hard. If you're doing it for other people, it's going to be a little bit easier. But if you know that it's so much bigger than you, it's bigger than your ecosystem. It's bigger than your city. It's bigger than your country. It's for the world. It's for the universe. It's being able to leave a legacy, being able to do what I call is the true ripple effect. Right now, hopefully today, I got to help someone change their mind, their view. I'll never meet them. But as a result of them changing how they operate, they now just change someone else's behavior. That is the true ripple effect. And that is what I go and live every day all about. I love that. All right, guys, on that note, go and check out Kayvon at Kayvon.com. Check out his Facebook group, all the links and these amazing quotes and highlights are at SDRN.com slash 66. And we are back to reminding you to make sure that not only are you subscribed, because like, obviously you're subscribed because this is awesome sauce, um, but it is time to grow the audience again. And so your homework for today, because I know you like homework, is you're going to go and tell someone that doesn't even know about this podcast about it. I don't care if you post it on social. I don't care if you call someone, text them. You just heard this episode. You now know how to close high ticket deals. You just got an incredible insight. How dare you not share that with someone else who needs it? You need to do that. So go and get one more person excited about the show, signed up, and we will catch you next week. Kayvon, thank you. Always a pleasure. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?